Welcome to the Pod Control Podcast, brought to you by Red Hat. PodCTL is your source for containers, Kubernetes, OpenShift, and all things cloud native. Hello, Kubernetes community, and welcome back to season two of the PodCTL podcast. This is episode five. As we've talked about in the last couple of episodes, you know, we've talked about what's in Kubernetes, uh, or you know, what is Kubernetes? How does it work? The architecture. We've talked about what people do, the types of applications they use it for. Uh, we've looked at how it's built, how it gets distributed, how you might go about uh, acquiring it or using it. And one thing that we've talked about a number of times, and we kept mentioning that we we're going to get into it in more detail, is what's included in Kubernetes. Now, um, this is kind of a confusing topic. You'd think maybe it's a simple topic, but it's, it's actually kind of a confusing topic because as we talk about Kubernetes, the architecture, if you go back to uh, episode one of this season, you know, you'll you'll say, well, we talked about a lot of things, but it didn't seem like there was a lot of pieces, uh, a lot of components involved, right? We talked about the masters. We talked about the Kubernetes API. We talked about, you know, keeping track of scheduling and kind of the clusters. We talked about kubectl. Um, but it didn't seem like a lot of other pieces were there. And you might be asking yourself, well, you know, if I want Kubernetes, if I go get Kubernetes, like, don't I get everything I need right out of the box? Like, I'm going to need a lot of stuff to run applications or my, my teams are going to need a lot of stuff. So what we thought we'd do in this episode is kind of uh, try and better answer that question because it can be a little bit confusing. So let's start with uh, kind of going back to what we talked about in episode one, now that you're a little more educated about Kubernetes you know, what is included in Kubernetes, right? Now, there are, you know, some core elements, but they really only serve certain functions, right? There is the parts that are included for your masters, right? I want to be able to have a control plane. I want to be able to schedule applications or pods. I want to be able to have an API that uh, applications can talk to, that operators can talk to. I want to be able to have capabilities on the application nodes and the kubelet that help tell me what's available in terms of resources, resource health, resource management. I want to make sure that there's capabilities that manage the clusters uh, in terms of, you know, making sure the clusters are healthy and, and they're at the right scale they need to be and so forth. Um, and I want to make sure that, you know, kind of the core networking capabilities in terms of DNS, being able to allocate IP addresses, do some basic routing and so forth, that's all done. Now, once you kind of get to the end of that list, um, at least in the core Kubernetes project, right, the upstream Kubernetes project, that's where it sort of stops. Now, there's a lot of other things that sort of build on that in terms of features, but if you're taking that as a list and you're saying, okay, could I, with that list, go have an application platform that my company, my business, my group could use to be successful and we could operate it and run it and interact with it, you're probably going to come up with uh, the answer that says, no, that's not everything we need. In fact, it falls sort of short. And you may say to yourself, well, if Kubernetes is so much hype and it's getting so much traction and there's so many people using it, how are they doing it if it only provides a set, you know, a specific set of functionality? So this is sort of where the interesting part of the confusing part of this conversation comes into play. Because what most people know of Kubernetes is that you use Kubernetes as part of a platform, a part of building a platform, or it's a core capability of the platform. But in order for that platform to run, to be operated, for applications to be deployed on top of it, for developers to interact with it, for you to interact, you know, to secure it and so forth, you're going to need a lot of other things. And this is where it sort of gets confusing. In the next episode, we're going to kind of talk about some of the other stuff that people add around Kubernetes frequently. But I kind of want to talk about it this in the context of 
you know, what's the difference between the upstream software, maybe what you get from a distribution and what you get from a cloud provider in terms of what's included, right? And this is where it's kind of confusing for people. So if you say we're going to get Kubernetes, we're going to use Kubernetes, again, if you're using the upstream, it's kind of those components I talked about. It's your control plane. It's the basic tools that are there in the host in your app, uh, in you know, your kind of your data plane, your application plane. It's some things to make sure the cluster is in good health. The API is there, um, and that's it. And everything else that you need. Um, and let me just do kind of a short laundry list. This is not included in the core upstream project, uh, the operating system for either your master nodes or your worker nodes, not included. Um, the actual networking, so the software defined networking. Uh, the storage itself, right? So while there might be storage, you know, on disks on those actual nodes, um, you know, the storage kind of system uh, is not part of Kubernetes, whether that's external storage or local storage, not there. Interacting with that storage, sure, there are capabilities of doing that, but the actual storage or the storage subsystem or the storage management system, not included. Um, and then a lot of the operational things that you need um, for Kubernetes aren't there as well, right? So logging, monitoring, metering, chargeback, uh, lifecycle management, all those types of things not included, right? Now, where this gets confusing is you may go to a vendor, uh, like we talked about in the last episode, as to how do I get it? And you might say, well, I want your Kubernetes offering. And what they'll come back to you and they'll say, okay, great, here's my software. It includes Kubernetes. And they may include a lot of other things with that offering. And so again, this is where people get confused. They just assume that Kubernetes has everything. Otherwise, if it didn't have everything, you'd have, you know, why would it have so much hype? Why would it be doing so many interesting things? But again, this is the understanding of the difference between Kubernetes as a core technology and Kubernetes as being part of a broader platform um, for the use case that you need, right? So, uh, you know, most operational tools not necessarily included with Kubernetes. Uh, things like the container registry, the thing that actually holds the containers that you can actually do. Uh, scanning and signing on that you can kind of do inventory management on, not part of Kubernetes, kind of an ancillary external thing. And then anything to do with the application itself, because Kubernetes only looks at the container, raw containers and pods, all of that is kind of beyond the scope of Kubernetes. Now, there are plenty of people that are building application frameworks, uh, application development models for Kubernetes, but they're not part of the core Kubernetes. And again, this is the thing that we really try and make you know people understand is that you have to understand the difference between kind of what's in core Kubernetes, like the upstream project, what's in the project, what is kind of the ecosystem around that. We're going to cover that in a later episode. And then what might come in either a vendor distribution or a cloud provided offering. And this is where a lot of times people will say, oh, all the Kubernetes are all kind of the same because, you know, if I look at vendor X or if I look at vendor Y or if I look at cloud A or cloud B, they typically are going to provide you a lot more. They're going to provide you the operational tools, maybe the developer tools. Uh, but you have to understand those aren't necessarily Kubernetes. Those are all things that are outside of Kubernetes. And those are also things, and this is a really important point, and I want to highlight this. Those are also things that as people talk about Kubernetes being a standard and being um, you know, portable and, and interoperable across every distribution, the Kubernetes part is the same. Right? Remember we talked about in the CNCF, there is this compliance or conformance testing you can do for the Kubernetes part. For the other parts, um, this is where things can be different. You know, Different registries, different security models, different operating systems, different operational tools, different application tools. Those can all be very different. So 
Um, it's really important to understand what's in Kubernetes and then maybe what comes with your vendor or cloud-provided offering of Kubernetes. And then you also have to understand what else do you potentially have to do above and beyond that, right? And that's going to involve what you have to maintain, what you have to integrate, what you have to uh, service and support and so forth. And so it's really kind of understanding, you know, where does the line of demarcation start and stop? How are you going to acquire it? Where does the demarcation start and stop? What other functionality do you need in order for your group, your application, your business to be successful? So I know that was a little bit abstract. I kind of wanted to hit on that and make that really clear of what you get in Kubernetes is going to be the same, whether you go in upstream or a vendor product or whatever, but everything that wraps around Kubernetes or not included with Kubernetes is where you're going to have differences, um, where vendors and cloud providers are going to try and differentiate themselves. But also you have to understand that's where you may have a certain amount of work you have to do to maintain integrations, maintain upgrade paths, maintain expertise. Um, and again, I only highlight all of this because sometimes people get confused and they just assume since Kubernetes has become so widely used and so popular and so many people are kind of flocking to it, it must just include everything. Otherwise, why would everybody kind of get involved with it? It is more of still a, a set of building blocks that can be used to build a platform. So with that, I'm going to kind of wrap up what's included in Kubernetes. And so with that, I'm going to wrap up what's included with Kubernetes in the next um episode, we're going to talk about what's not included. And uh, this isn't intended to be a, you know, a bad episode. It's really going to get into why are a lot of these other things not included and where's some of the innovation happening. So with that, I'm going to wrap up episode five. Um, we're looking forward to episode six of what's not included, but that'll be important to you to understand how you build your platform, uh, how you consume your platform, and really sort of where some of the innovation is. So with that, thank you as always for listening to the PodCTL podcast season two. Uh, your feedback is always welcome, and we look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Pod Control Podcast. You can find everything about the show at podctl.com or at podctl on Twitter.